I adore children, Mrs. Fartell. I love being with them. I, I love taking care of them. For me, it's, it's the next best thing to actually being a mother. Hello and welcome back to Scream 101. I'm Brennan. And I'm Sergio, your favorite host. Yeah. And... (laughs) (laughs) Gonna let that slide there, not gonna make any commentary? No, I mean, I think you probably are the favorite host of many a person, including Sergio. Yeah, and my own favorite host. Yes. If you don't love yourself, who's gonna love you? Yeah, how are you ever gonna love... How the hell are you ever gonna love anybody else, says RuPaul? Exactly. A paragon of morality... And self-love. And self-love. All right, good, Brennan. So why are we here this week? Uh, Well, this week is the third week of our Stalker Month. And we actually don't have any 10-word reviews because it's been a very busy week for the three of us. So we're just going to jump right in. The three of us? You, me, and our baby. (laughs) Which is... um, We're the hands rocking the cradle of a little plush elephant that you won for me yeah in a claw machine i did all skill that was it actually really and that's was. actually the third thing i won for you out of a claw machine no but this one you didn't just pay for it a machine that um w- guarantees a prize every time so you paid a dollar for a little cracked out rubber duck <laughs> duck is great it is our love child <laughs> It's our first child that we pay less attention to now that there's a new baby. <laughs> yeah. And then there's the smiley face right here. Yeah. That one I hid under the bed because that one's less exciting to me. A little emoji. Anyway. Hi. So Sergio has been obsessed with claw machines and trying to win at them. And uh-huh. he finally did. And he won me a little elephant. Yeah. Well, he didn't win it for me, but I took it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was going to go to my dog. But Brennan wanted it. So, hey. Yeah, And much like Brennan seeing something he wanted and taking it, today we're reviewing a movie about a woman who saw what she wanted and went for it. Oh, yeah. And Brennan, what was that movie? It's called The Hand That Rocks the Cradle, hailing from the long ago year of 1992, um, before anything interesting happened in the world, i.e. before I was born. Yeah. <laughs> um, you were what, two? When I was probably out? like one. Ooh. I turned two at the. I my birthday is very late in the year, so Good point. it's assumed that I was one. Okay, so here's the plot of the hand that rocks the cradle. When she was assaulted by her doctor, Claire Bartell reported him to the police, and rather than go to prison for his crime, he killed himself. The shock of the accusations and suicide caused the doctor's pregnant wife Peyton to have a miscarriage. Driven mad with rage, Peyton poses as a nanny for the Bartell family. Her plan to tear Claire's life apart seduce her husband, and eventually murder the woman she blames for ruining her life. It's kind of like Inside, but less French and less gory. Mm-hmm. And there's Julianne Moore in this movie. Mm-hmm. Which, not, like, pun absolutely intended, we could have used more Julianne. Yeah, it's if you, if you have Julianne in a movie, you want to make the most of it. Yeah, but I'm happy with what we got, because mm-hmm. this was before she was a thing. Mm-hmm. This was before The Lost World, before those other things she did. She did Hannibal. That was 2001. So that was like a flat nine years later. Okay. So it was many years before that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. She was like, 
already old, but still still slamming. Before still Alice, before Chloe. Of course, before... Yeah, still Alice was like three years ago. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, what else has she done that I'm a fan? Before The Hours. Yes, that was a movie that she did. Uh-huh. What are you doing? What are you looking at? I'm just looking at the computer. Okay. You seem to be like zooming in. Yeah, my eyes don't work, so I have to move my head closer. Okay. All right, so enough of this Julianne Moore sycophancy, Brennan. We rate all of our movies on scariness, campiness, FX, and quality out of five points. Uh-huh. What's your scariness score? Two. Okay. That's also what I gave it. Why'd you give it a two? Um. Well, the scariest thing in the movie, um, the evil lady played by Rebecca De Mornay, she sets an alarm for 3 a.m., which proves that she's a lunatic. Yeah, that was crazy. It's like, what what kind of evil is she going to do at 3 a.m.? It is not worth it. Uh-huh. When I was but a wee lad, I saw this show. It's an old show. You might remember it. Um, you might not. How I Met Your Mother? No. The show was called The Jersey Shore. Oh, okay. And on this show, there was a sign that said, nothing good happens after 2 a.m. But and no, that, that's like a, that's the same. Brennan? Okay. And this scene in this movie proves it. Nothing good happens after 2 a.m. Yes. I'm aware it's a saying that many people have. No, I'm saying it's a saying from How About Your Mother. Oh, okay. Which is why I brought it up. Okay, well, Jersey Shore, you know, they had the sign. Yeah, they really are, you know, bringing the wisdom on that yeah. show. They had their own philosoph- philosophies on that show. <laughs> yes, they sure did. great. Um, what scared you slightly about this movie, to give it a two? Um... Pretty much what freaked me out the most was that there was no small animal for her to kill. And so, like, throughout the movie, we kept trying to guess which one of the people was going to be the small animal. Yeah, I thought it would be the plants in the greenhouse that the uh-huh. wife makes. Uh-huh. And then I thought it was going to be um, Solomon, who is this... Oh, uh, boy. This problematic character, you know, to say the least, in that he's... Well, well, how would you describe it, Brennan? No, I mean, I don't know. Like, is it prob... It's... It's just, it's a Forrest Gump character, uh-huh. basically. Um, Ernie Hudson from Ghostbusters, who has never gotten his due in any movie, I think, uh-huh. um, plays a mentally disabled handyman that is employed by this just ridiculously well-off family. Yeah. Um, literally, the wife could be taking care of her child but she kind of wants to build a greenhouse in her massive backyard so she has Mm -hmm. to hire a nanny to take care of her kid like 40 feet away while she builds a greenhouse which is the most white privileged thing in the world Mm -hmm. that's the craziest thing Uh uh-huh okay so back to my point Um, okay yeah sorry yeah i thought that solomon was gonna be the little dog in this movie and that she was going to kill him. Uh-huh. Uh, so that just had me guessing throughout the movie. That was where my suspense came from. That really was. And it turned out Julianne Moore was the little dog. Julianne Moore was a little dog. R.I.P. R.I.P. Julianne. She got Dario Argento'd. A bunch of glass fell on her from mm-hmm. a greenhouse. It was a real pretty scene, you know? Yeah, Her shot, I should say. Uh, and you know what I have to say? What do you have Rebecca to say? Rebecca Mornay's character was very, very good. Yeah, no, she was like... At he- science. Yeah, she was an engineer. She filled a uh, an asthma inhaler with poison, mm-hmm. which I wouldn't know how to do. Mm-hmm. That's pretty did impressive. Did she fill it with poison or did she just empty it? I think she emptied it. Oh, I guess you're right. That's yeah. what was happening. Yeah. I thought it was poison. No, she just emptied it. Okay. I was See, I'm not an engineer, so I don't know. Yeah. She emptied out the thing, uh, the inhaler of all the medicine that I guess 
people who are asthmatic need. Yeah, I'm not sure what's in it, but it's good. Uh huh. It's life saving, apparently. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Two thumbs up for inhalers. <laughs> um, she jerry rigged the uh, the greenhouse to basically kill the wife when she would have entered it. Yeah, yeah. That that's how Julianne Moore died because uh-huh. that trap, which was meant for the wife, got used on Julianne Moore. Because uh-huh. waste not want not. Mm-hmm. Um, what else did she do that was really clever? I mean, she has some Heath Ledger, the Joker level planning. Mm-hmm. She took away the husband's proposal and ripped it up. Um, like a business proposal, mm-hmm. not like a wedding proposal. You know what was the most clever thing that she did? What? It was a scammer to like the 10th degree was uh, she convinced the father to like throw a surprise party for his wife because she needs it. Um, and then as the wife. As, and then, of course, the person who was planning it was Julianne Moore and the husband. So she stole Julianne Moore's lighter, knowing that the two were going to be spending a lot of time together. And uh-huh. just planted that seed in the wife's mind. Yeah, that's that pretty good. smart. That's good. Um, yeah, so what's your campiness score? Uh, campiness score... Two. <laughs> okay, I'm going to give it a three. Why would why, you give it a three? Why would you give it a two? I don't, give it two. I don't think it was that campy. Um, uh, I mean, there are some things like... The way Rebecca De Mornay's character acts is really kind of over the top, um, but it's pretty serious. Like all of these movies, I feel are kind of serious. I mean, or yeah. take themselves seriously. No, they do take themselves seriously. But I don't know. I I thought that there was some like kind of grand drama in this movie that was uh, pretty fun. Like, like when- the bully scene. No, nah, that was weird. No. Nah. Um, no, but when Julianne Moore starts to discover the identity, the true identity of Rebecca De Mornay, she literally is using a magnifying glass <laughs> like Sherlock Holmes. Um, Some old sleuth in there. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and then just seeing her in her office environment, because mm-hmm. she plays like a high-powered realtor, uh-huh. and the way she treats her employees is so funny. I love it. She's the she's the true boss baby. Mm-hmm. Um, um, what else? We're spoiling this movie, by the way. And Rebecca DeMornay gets punched the hell in the face at one point. That one was great. That shot was great. Or scene, I guess. Yeah. Um, She flew. That was so good. She across the table, Uh knocking over a chair. Uh It was so, like, soap opera drama. I was into it. Uh One creepy thing that she kept doing, um, I don't know to what effect, was that she kept breastfeeding the baby. Yeah, that was frightening. Um, And so I don't know... What if anything came out of her? Uh, but at the very least, it's creepy. I mean, she she was producing milk, I think. I assume because she had a miscarriage, but she was like, a miscarriage would have been like a whole year ago, though. Oh yeah, it would have been six months ago. Uh-huh. Interesting. I don't know how that works. Plot hole. I know that women can produce milk um, if they kind of like work hard at it or something. If you just believe in yourself, put it on your vision board. No, I've read stories about women who adopt children, Uh and as a result of adopting the child, like the body produces milk as a result. Wow. We humans are truly magical. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, right? Yeah. Women, they're great. (laughs) You heard it here first. (laughs) Scream 101. Um. Yeah. um, Anyway. Oh, speaking of, literally speaking of breast milk. There is a scene where our main character is discovering the true nature of Rebecca De Mornay. And so she's um, going to the house of the doctor that was listed on the market because she's following Julianne Moore's trail of clues that she left behind. Um, Unfortunately, she does not bring her magnifying glass. 
but she does trick another realtor into showing her the house so she mm. can discover evidence. Mm. And literally, they're in a nursery and they see a breast pump sitting in the corner, and the and the realtor's like, "That's a strange looking toy." <laughs> it's like, come on now, what kind of dumb realtor does this? What kind of dumb man person doesn't like can't put two and two together? Who, who who doesn't know what a breast pump is? Was this a thing in the 90s where the men were like, oh, let's not talk about periods. I don't want to know anything. Maybe it was new. I'm willing to give him the benefit of a doubt that a breast pump was new. That the breast pump was invented in 1991 or something? Possibly. I'm looking this up while you tell me your effect score. My effect score? I'll give it a three. That's you know? nice. Why? The I thought the the house part where the greenhouse fell on her was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. But the aftermath effect of that... Um, I didn't think it was super impressive. They just kind of smeared a bunch of like red paint on her. Oh, I thought that was cool. Okay. When was breast pump invented? Um, what else did I think was good about the effects? I'm giving it a three. I mean, it really does deserve a two now that you put it like that. There wasn't any gore or anything. Um, although you don't seem to respect gore as a matter of effects, so really it's don't. really up to you. I'm gonna like augment my score though to two. It's a two. Okay. What else? Was That's a fine. Good effect? I actually gave it a one, except for one scene. Um, she has an asthma attack, and then she falls to the floor, and the film goes silent, which is super cool. But also, her lips turn blue because Ooh, she gets no that. oxygen, and it's really cool. I just noticed her slowly kind of just like start like like a very weak breathing attempting to happen. Yeah, that was this movie got intense. That was at harsh. Points. Yeah, I was like, wow, she could have very well died. She could have, and I want you. To guess when the breast pump was invented. 1991. <laughs> I'll give you one more guess. 1990. 1854. Oh. You learn something new every day, huh? What kind of breast pump did they come up with in 1884? I mean, probably not a great one. Like a but bike it, pump or something? I don't know. It's been around. Hmm. Anyway, so, um, the you know, you learn something new every day. Mm-hmm. The inventor's name was L.O. Colbin. Cool. Another thing that has this movie, like we should include in the like the score of the campiness, was the amount of boobs in this movie. Oh yeah, I mean, in a movie about motherhood and about like women using their spheres to destroy one another. Uh huh. Um. Yeah. No, the breasts are an important symbol, and they were there. Fertility mm-hmm. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Great stuff. We got to see the mom's boobs. We got to see Rebecca De Mornay's boobs. We got to see the dad's boobs. We sure did. And the dad was so hot in this movie. It was Brennan unfair. Brennan was really taken with him. I was. He had a really thick head of hair on his head and his face. Uh-huh. He was just like, he was basically like an like Eskimo a halo. Yeah. Um, and then he kept wearing these bulky sweaters and we were taking bets as to what he'd look like if he took his shirt off. Because that's what you do in a movie. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't expecting him to take his shirt off and I wasn't expecting it to be impressive, but it very much was. It was great. I don't know if impressive is the word I'd use, but he he did well for himself. He cut a striking figure. Yeah. I think you're just jealous. I am jealous. I'm jealous of all that hair. <laughs> My hair's gray. <laughs> no, it's not. It's going gray. All right, go ahead, Brandon. What else do we got to talk about? Uh, I he guess we notes. talk about overall quality. Uh, we're just blurry. Like, yeah, we're really... This. The I mean, this is a short one, and we skipped 10-word reviews. Let, let's, let's, like, languish... In quality, that was a bad word. Let's uh, luxuriate in it. Like, let's have a long conversation. Let's anguish. Quality. No in quality. Um, quality. I'd give it a four. Really? So would I. Yeah, I would totally recommend this movie to 
people I know like, hey, you want to trash a good time? Watch Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Yeah, this this is the first one I'm giving a four to out of this month. Uh-huh. I feel like you gave a four to Fatal Attraction, right? Probably. I think so. But yeah, I just I really enjoyed myself watching this movie, and not uh-huh. just because of the hot dad. Mm-hmm. Um, like there were a lot of moving parts. Um, like what you were saying earlier with Julianne Moore's lighter and the birthday party. Just everything is set up and has a payoff, and like that's something that's. I think I complimented a recent movie about that, but this one, the setups and payoffs are also in a very, like, intricate kind of labyrinthine way that they mm-hmm. play out. It's not yeah. just, oh, this is going to come into play later. It's mm-hmm. like everything comes into play. Everything has a purpose, and that's so good. Yeah, it's it's really well plotted. Especially, like, I have to, like, mention it again, even though I already said it. Like, the, the birthday party, like, affair thing. Yeah. Because that one was good. Like, that one caught me off guard. Like, that was her intention. And I was like, oh, like she is just clever. She's three steps ahead. She's a real red sparrow. Uh-huh. Um, no, but yeah, like also part of that, um, there's a line dropped early on that Julianne Moore um is the she's like the best friend slash ex girlfriend of the hot dad. Mm-hmm. And he only smokes when he's with her. They're like, Oh, you're a bad influence. And then like when you see them planning the party, you see him smoking and you're like, oh, dang, the wife is going to know that mm-hmm. he was with her because she tastes like the smoke on his lips. Mm-hmm. And that's not a thing that's said explicitly, but you just know so much about these characters and about like the things that they have set up that you feel that tension without them drawing attention to it. Yeah. And it's really cool. Mm-hmm. They do a good job. They do an excellent job. What a great movie. I'm glad <laughs> yeah. we watched this. Yeah. Well, the reason why my overall quality score is as high as it is is because I typically, excuse me, rank these movies or judge the overall, the quality score based on like recommendation and like, will I rewatch this movie? And I can uh-huh. totally see myself doing that. Yeah. Like I could see, I don't know. Sometimes I think, I don't know. Maybe I'm a crazy person. But sometimes I think, like, if I was writing a TV pilot and I wanted them to be watching something on TV to seem cool, what would it be? Like, what would I show a clip from? And this mm-hmm. could be one of them. <laughs> you would show this clip to your friends on a TV pilot? Yeah, no. In in the TV pilot, my my characters would be watching this show. Okay. You mean this movie? Whatever. Movie. All right. It is what it is. We in the industry call pretty much anything a show. Then that's true. It's very confusing. People are like, oh, I was just working on this show called, I don't know, Avengers Infinity War. Yeah, and I'm like, that's not a show. Why did people forget what the word show is? No. Also, clothespins are called like C-47s or something. Clothespins? Yeah. Like the kind of stuff you hang your clothes on? Yeah. Why are they called C-47s? I I don't remember the number. I've never remembered the number. It might be C-17s, C-43s. I don't know. But I I think they just want to be fancy. But... Are clothespins in high demand on sets? Yeah. Oh. Like, you use them to, like, pin scrims to lights and all kinds of stuff. Hold people's skin together. Yeah. Could you point the mic at your face? Okay. It, it is, like, feet away from you. Okay. I'm here. I'm back in action. Yeah. You're just being casual and chill. Um, but, yeah. No. that That's some insider. That's some vaguely informed insider knowledge about the industry. Uh-huh. Um, okay. One thing that we didn't talk about that we should that I feel like you should talk about is kind okay. of like how timely uh, what was going on at the beginning of the movie was to what is happening right now with the Me Too movement. I was literally going to mention that right now. Oh my God. We're like Great on the same 
Twinsies. Blanks. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Talk. Um, yeah, no, I mean, the fact that her, I mean, this isn't like a happy thing to talk about, but the plot line of her uh, gynecologist molesting her is very much something that has been in the news lately with that gymnast doctor guy. What's his name? Dr. Larry Nasser. Yeah, that guy. Um, just, and men just being pervos. But what was more interesting was the conversation they have um, in the aftermath of that event is her husband and the wife. The wife is saying, well, I mean, he's in a, the wife is doubting herself. She's like, what if he was just doing an exam and I was feeling wrong? Uh-huh. And like, that's the power that um, like authority figures have over you. Mm-hmm. And like, so her reaction is totally realistic and valid. And then like, she's afraid of reporting it. And he says, well, if you don't report it, he'll do it to a bunch of other people. And there's the fact that like reporting stuff like that could potentially bring shame upon you, but mm-hmm. it's also like protective. And like, they're just having this conversation mm-hmm. that's really relevant and interesting. And I think it is partially because this movie was written by a woman. Oh, really? Yeah. I was going to ask what who the writer was and what else have they written because yeah. I thought it was pretty well done. This is going to be surprising, I think. She hasn't done anything else? She has done other things. Oh, okay. Um, her name is um, Amanda Silver. Okay. And she wrote Rise of the Planet of the Apes. I believe. Oh, she's one of those really talented ones. Yeah. They're I, like a duo. Yeah, I believe she co-wrote yeah, it. Jurassic Park now then, huh? Yeah, Jurassic World. Um, she covered it with Rick Jaffa. Yeah, they do all their stuff together. They're really good, man. That is not surprising at all. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Uh-huh. And, yeah, those are the, like, big new things. They're, like, coming back. She took a break for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, she well, wrote, I don't know if she took a break. I think it's just, you know, oh, like, the industry. Okay, and especially, well, screenwriting credits on IMDb are never accurate, ever. True. Like, she probably, like, there's a gap for her between, like, 2011 and 1997 mm-hmm. but so she was probably like script docting or yeah she was probably doing a lot of uncredited work for a long time a lot of writers rooms yeah exactly um which is so annoying i hate how in sitcoms they're like oh this episode was written by and then it lists one maybe two names and it's like we all know that was written by the room mm-hmm. like why is it only two names on the- it's so annoying mm-hmm. um the it's the gale of the it's uh, it's a whole thing yeah, some more industry insights. Uh, that's what people tune into Scream 101 for. Learning how to navigate Hollywood's unions. Exactly, which is what I know a lot about. That's uh, I majored in Hollywood. In Hollywood unions. You got your minors in unions. Yeah. So um, what were we talking about? I just kind of went all over. Uh, you were talking timely. about the Me Too movement, how timely it was. Yeah, I just thought that was really interesting. And yeah, Amanda Silver, she's great. Uh-huh. Um, I feel like the people who write these movies are very interesting because last uh, last week it was Don Roos, um, who wrote Single White Female. He's mm-hmm. Dan Bukatinsky's partner. Uh-huh. Um, I think he works on Scandal. Probably. Um, well, I think the, to like to pull off one of these movies and to execute them well, you do have to kind of really know about pacing and to like build characters up because if you're going to be invested into these people, like there has to be some kind of qualities and to know qualities, you have to be a good writer. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure bad writers have written some of these movies as well as we might find out next week. When we do, uh, I'll tell you after I tell you how to contact But I mean like the, what was the first movie we saw? Sorry, Single White Female was the first one that was two weeks ago. The next one? Fatal Attraction. Well, these two, like this one and the previous one, and to an extent, Fatal, I mean, Single White Female as well. Like, these were big movies that I've heard of before. Like, they have endured. So I think the fact that 
they endured for so long was because they had good writers behind them. I don't know if the roommate that we're watching next week has that same kind uh, spoilers. of durability. Yeah, we're going to be watching The Roommate next week from, I believe, 2009. All right, yeah. Um, which, really skipping ahead in time. We mm-hmm. haven't made it past 92 in this month yet. Mm-hmm. No shade to the writers of The Roommate. I'm sure you guys are great people. We'll find out if we love it. My sister really likes it. Really? Yeah. Okay. I don't... I mean, she watched it in, like, middle school, so... I mean, she likes Taken, so, you know, Lauren has some great... Taste. Taste. Okay. <laughs> um, well, you it's can, late. Yeah, you can find us on Twitter at Scream101Pod, on Facebook at Scream101Podcast. You can email us at Scream101Podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Find us on iTunes. Subscribe, and before rate, Matt us. yells at me, I love Taken and Liam Neeson. Okay? It's one of the best movies ever. Okay. I yeah. just wanted to make sure it didn't seem like I wasn't a fan of it. Well, you said she liked Taken, so she has good taste. That's a pretty straight. But I left off on the word taste. Like it was a really big pause. Yeah, you just kind of you just kind of trailed off. <laughs> I just died. You just vanished. <laughs> I into left you. the room. <laughs> yeah, you did. My soul left my body. Anyways, I love Liam Neeson. Continue, Brennan. Um, our theme song is "A Beat for You" by Pseudo Echo. Um, thank you all for listening. Bye. Good Good luck on your journey. And stay gold, everybody. This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart. Hi, I'm Brennan. And I'm Dave. And we are the co-hosts of Cast Party. It's a freewheeling pop culture conversation. I am an online media mogul. And I'm not. I'm a drama teacher. Yes. He, in fact, my drama teacher. We kind of transplant the conversations that we have every time we hang out and do a podcast, and we hope you like it. Check it out. Enjoy. At podpeople.me. That was, that was really fun and not awkward at all. <laughs> Bye.